Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Trick-or-treating as a family. Definitely, you know, takes a high level of cooperation. It takes two parents who are able to set aside differences and come together without conflict for the benefit of their children. But I have had families agree that they will join together and trick-or-treat as a family each year. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and hello listeners. Today's a special day because you are getting a podcast episode just with me. I have no special guests today. I just was sitting and thinking we have Halloween coming up as a holiday. And I was thinking of someone that I wanted to bring on to talk about this. And I realized I've written articles on this topic. I have talked to parents millions of times on this topic. And I'd like to share some of my personal thoughts and expertise in the area of family law after 30 plus years of doing this. So today you are getting an episode that's just with me and I want to talk about how to handle Halloween as co-parents or divorced parents and helping your kids to actually enjoy this holiday because unfortunately this is one of those holidays that often isn't that much fun for kids after the divorce because it becomes another one of those hotbed 
emotional topics for parents. You know, there's something so exciting for kids. Let's all just think about this for a minute. When they are going out trick-or-treating, they get to see their friends, they get to get all dressed up, they put on little costumes. Um, Somebody has either spent a lot of money or a lot of time or both pulling those costumes together, and they are so excited. And it's just one photo op after another and a sugar rush and a sugar high. And so this can actually be a hotbed of conflict for parents. Um, Neither parent wants to lose, so to speak, and I'm using that word on purpose, lose the holiday time with their kids. So although I know most people think that, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Easter, some Thanksgiving, the family holidays, some of those are really very emotional and very difficult. In my practice over the years, I have found Halloween to be one of the really difficult holidays for both parents And because it's difficult for the parents, that makes it difficult for the kids. So I wanted to talk about three options that you could perhaps do or try to make this holiday more fun for your kids, less scary for them, and make it work for them. Because ultimately, right, isn't Halloween all about the kids. It's really not the adult holiday. It is the kids holiday, at least as we're talking about it when it comes to co-parenting. I'm saying nothing about, you know, if you want to go out and get dressed up and have fun with your friends, that's absolutely fine. But if you are co-parenting and you are dealing with Halloween, uh, this is the issue that, you know, most common Halloween schedule issue that I see is that people are going to argue over where the kids are going to trick or treat, who's buying the costumes, who gets them for which part of the night, etc. So let's talk about your options and some of the things you can think through. At the top of what I say here, everyone, is that these are just three options. These may not be the only options. They may not be the right options for your family. They are three that I have seen people opt for as they've gone through co-parenting over the years that have been more or less successful. Um, And when I am calling something successful, remember again, what I'm saying here is that it was successful for the kids. So I would say probably the most common parenting schedule that I would see when it comes to Uh, all holidays, but certainly Halloween would be to alternate the Halloween. And, you know, basically what I'm saying is that in even numbered years, uh, one parent would have the children for the Halloween holiday. And in odd number years, the other parent would have them. So there would be an absolute lack of one parent having the children for trick-or-treating time, et cetera, for one year, and then it would alternate and it would be that the other parent who would have the children. And this can work, although I would say it is the most common default, it usually ends up with the least successful result for kids. And, and that's because often kids 
want to see their parents and have social time when they want to be able to spend time really with their friends and and with their um, other relatives. So when only one parent is able to participate with the kids each year, that other parent is left entirely out of the equation for the children. Now, that's not to say you can't you know, FaceTime uh, with the kids if one parent can see the pictures, they can show the other parent how they're dressed up, they can do those pictures, but they don't get to interact with the other parent and those friends and those neighbors and the people at the other co-parent's house. And they also don't have any continuity year to year, right? They're bouncing back and forth between the two households, trick-or-treating in different you know, parents' neighborhoods, if unless mom and dad or mom and mom and dad and dad happen to live in the same neighborhood. And so although this alternating year schedule, evens and odds or whatever you want to call it, can feel fair to mom and dad or to the parents, it may not feel that fair to the kids. Um, And so there are a few other possible solutions that I've seen people implement that seem to be more effective in addressing Halloween, at least for children of trick-or-treating age. So first, trick-or-treating as a family. Definitely, you know, takes a high level of cooperation. It takes two parents who are able to set aside differences and come together without conflict for the benefit of their children. But I have had families agree that they will join together and trick or treat as a family each year, Uh, meaning both parents go along. And this can be ideal for children because they have both their parents there. They are not in the midst of conflict unless the parents put them there. And they're able to see friends, see neighbors, have the continuity of, you know, celebrating with both of their parents. And even if this isn't feasible for the long term, it may be something that you might want to consider for at least the first one or two Halloweens post your parental split, post your separation. You may ease into that alternating years Um, Or if your kids are a little bit older, maybe you trick or treat as a family for a couple of years to get them past the age. Although these days, I don't know how old, I don't know what the age of stopping trick or treating really is. Some of the kids who show up at my door year to year look like they're in high school. You know, this can be a wonderful solution for your children, giving them space to acclimate to this new family dynamic. A longer lasting benefit of the arrangement is that parents are able to show their kids in tangible ways as they come together that they are still a family and that their parents are able to work together to put their children first. And so while it may sound like nails on a chalkboard or the music from the Halloween movie, dee 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 dee, right? That you are not wanting to do this together. If it's possible, if you can both get to a place where the children and their experience of Halloween 
calls for this, it might be something to consider. Even if it's in the short term, even if it's for this year. And that's something, you know, let me digress for a moment because, you know, we do a lot, many of you, my listeners know that I I train mediators um, and work as a coach with people who are going through mediation um, and as their attorney as they go through mediation to help them. And one of the things that is often helpful for people to remember when it comes to negotiating or discussing a parenting plan is that it's not written in stone. Um, You can try things, you can work through things, you can look at what's going to work for right now and understand that just as when you were living together and things didn't stay the same forever, often it's not going to stay the same together forever when you're living separately. So you're going to need to have that flexibility. So sometimes it's a really good idea to talk about what you're going to do this year What are you going to do for Halloween 2021 and get that settled and then start talking about Halloween 2022, 2023 and beyond? Hey, it's Kate Anthony over at the Divorce Survival Guide. Susan said it would be okay to pop in and talk to you really quickly about my new program, the Divorce Survival Program. See what I did there? Look, once you've decided to get a divorce, you may feel a sense of relief. The decision is finally made. But at the same time, you're likely feeling a sense of foreboding of what's ahead. There's a huge mountain left to climb. And if you've never gotten divorced before, especially divorced with kids, there's a lot that you don't know. You need a deep dive into the divorce process. Stat. That's why you're listening to this podcast right now. That's also why I created the Divorce Survival Program. In the Divorce Survival Program, you'll learn how to have the most difficult conversations of your life with your husband, your children, friends, families, and even nosy neighbors. You'll learn how to set healthy boundaries in high and low conflict divorces. You'll learn how the legal and financial processes really work, whether you should or can seek support, and you'll be taken through the process of emotional healing. And of course, you'll learn how to start dating on the other side. In this one-of-its-kind program, I bring together top experts from around the country, including the amazing Susan Guthrie, who share their wisdom in exclusive interviews not available anywhere else. And of course, there are over 20 videos in which I speak directly to you, answering your most pressing questions. The Divorce Survival Program is a self-paced online program available for purchase now at divorcesurvivalprogram.com. And if you use the code SUSAN, you'll get $50 off the already super low price now through the end of the year. Again, that's divorcesurvivalprogram.com and use the code SUSAN when you check out. And now back to Susan's amazing episode. Stay tuned for more from Susan with her insights and tips on how to make Halloween less scary for your kids. I really do want to emphasize how important Halloween is for kids. It's just that holiday that really lets kids be kids. And when we put them in the middle of the conflict between their parents, treat them like they are little timeshares where, you know, I get my 10 minutes with them and then you get your 10 minutes with them or I get them this year and you get them next year. We lose sight of what's working well for them. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Why Divorce Works Best as a Team Effort 
and how to find your pros with Samantha Vona and Deanna Coyle of Vesta Divorce. Later on to hear the stories of my parents' divorce and how they really had no education and no one to empower them. That, that's really what we focus on in Vesta is that educate, connect, and empower. And had my parents had the resources to just know what where to start or, or what things to consider. So how can they move through uh, the better outcome for their family? And now we return to today's show. So let's talk about another option that you can have. And this one will work better when the situation's a little more tense between co-parents, when it's too difficult for those parents to contemplate trick-or-treating together. Sometimes they can still agree to share the trick-or-treating in a way that their children still get that benefit of interacting with both of them, both parents, while keeping some distance between the parents. Now, in this scenario, the children would begin, usually early, um, and again, this will depend on the age of your children, but usually children would begin trick-or-treating at the home or in the neighborhood of one of their parents, trick-or-treating out and about for a set period of time, at which point there will be a handoff or a transition and the children will transition to their other parent. Now, it can be that at that point, the, the other parent, they'll transition to that parent staying in that neighborhood, but continue to trick or treat around that same neighborhood, right? So they're still in parent number one's neighborhood, but you've split up the actual trick-or-treating time. So one parent gets to go home, have some uh, hot apple cider and get warm while the other one's now out there. Um, You know, if you're like me living in the Midwest, trudging through the snow, I think it snowed on Halloween the last two years. Um, That other parent's out there trudging through the snow, keeping the kids warm. So this way, you know, the kids get to stay in a, their usual environs. They're, they can be with their friends. The parent's the only one that's switching out. And they can still enjoy time with both their parents and both of their parents can enjoy time with them. This is definitely going to take a higher level of coordination for the evening. There's still going to be that time period where mom and dad or mom and mom and dad and dad are going to interact. So people still need to be able to keep conflict out of that. But although there's extra effort, the benefits for your kids can be very much worth it. And frankly, as we always talk about, right, don't we want what's best for them? So that's another option. And and actually, I've had couples do this option where they alternate the neighborhoods annually, but they they split the trick-or-treating. So when I say alternate the neighborhood, that means like neighborhood A for one year split the the trick-or-treating. So the parent who lives in that neighborhood would either be the first or the second parent in the trick-or-treating. And then it would alternate the following year to the other parent's neighborhood and you would alternate the parents again. Again, take some coordination. May not be your long-term solution forever, but maybe this is a way for your kids to ease into this. Many people who have separated and the children are remaining in a, the marital home, we'll call it, the house where you all lived as a family, 
And if the kids are staying there or living there still and that's where their neighborhood friends are, again, maybe for that first year, you alternate the trick-or-treating in that neighborhood. So the kids are with their friends and in the neighborhood they know. And then you start doing things differently the following year. The next possibility, I'll say, is that you split the trick-or-treating. And this is really when it's important that we have to keep the parents completely apart. But we still want the kids to get parenting time with both of them. We want them to be able to have the, the best of both worlds, I'll call it. But, but we have conflict. And so it's important to keep mom and dad or the parents as separate as possible. So here I call it the split the trick-or-treating option. And this can be an effective solution. In this case, the children, again, are going to go out and trick-or-treat with one parent in that parent's neighborhood. And then at, a, again, a preordained time, there will be a transition to the other parent's neighborhood where they will trick-or-treat again. So it's like double trick-or-treating. You've all heard maybe the kids don't mind having two Thanksgiving dinners. They don't mind having two Christmases. They don't mind having two Hanukkahs. Uh, kids don't generally mind getting twice as much candy either. And this is that a situation where, you know, the, the pick up and drop off will need to be coordinated. But the kids are, again, still getting Halloween time with both of their parents. So... It can be a really helpful way. And, you know, I've sort of structured these three possibilities in a way that goes from, you know, the most parental interaction to the least parental interaction while still avoiding the total no parent interaction, which doesn't allow for the children to have um, time with both parents on the Halloween holiday. Because... You know, I, I really do want to emphasize how important Halloween is for kids. It's just that holiday that really lets kids be kids. And when we put them in the middle of the conflict between their parents and, you know, treat them like they are little timeshares where, you know, I get my 10 minutes with them and then you get your 10 minutes with them or I get them this year and you get them next year. Uh, we, we lose sight of what's working well for them. So although I've given you some different options that do split up their time, I encourage you to think about their age. You know, how old are your children? If you are taking a two-year-old or a three-year-old out and, and trick-or-treating, even a four-year-old, we are talking about a very limited amount of time where if you're going to trick-or-treat together as a family with your co-parent, that you're actually probably going to be out there trick-or-treating. A two-year-old, a three-year-old, four-year-old doesn't have really the intention span in most cases uh, to go out, nor do they have a huge concept of what's happening, right? I'm not saying they don't have any understanding, but you know, when you're not talking about probably three hours of trick-or-treating, um, and you are talking about earlier in the evening, usually for younger children. For older children, you may be talking about a, a more lengthy period, and maybe that works better for splitting it up. So maybe you move through these different examples. Maybe in the first few years where your children are really young, 
you go together because it's only going to be an hour. I had a friend once say something to me like, you can do anything for an hour. Actually, I think it was a trainer who said he wanted me to run as fast as I could run on a treadmill. And it was, you can do anything for a minute, but you can do anything for an hour, hopefully. But then as your children get older, maybe that's when you start splitting up either the neighborhood trick-or-treating or splitting up the neighborhoods where they go from one neighborhood to the next. The other thing to remember is that what I said earlier, these things are going to change over time. Children's lives and how they experience what's happening in their lives does not stay static. And so while it may be really important at this age that you have the trick-or-treating time or the parenting time for the holidays, it could very well be a different situation a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Your lives may be in very different situations and truly your emotions may be in very different places. And that's something that I, you know, truly can tell you both from the experience of having been through this with so many clients over 30 plus years, but also having been through it myself, things will change. Um, And what you can tolerate around being around your co-parent is going to hopefully change as well. The bottom line, all in all, is that when you and your co-parent put some extra time and energy into pulling together a, a really well thought out holiday parenting schedule, that is the best treat for your kids. And you can have a happy, kid-focused Halloween with both of their parents. So I invite you to contemplate that as you go out into the world of Boo Scary. Um, Don't make your Halloween, your kids' Halloween scary this year. Make it as happy a Halloween and with the great pumpkin and lots of candy and some wonderful costumes and some happy memories so that they can move forward in a happy and healthy way. And so can you. So I hope this was helpful. I am going to be doing more of these shorter duration, but topical podcast episodes. You, you, a lot of my listeners write in with questions. Um, a lot of the members of the community write in with questions. Certainly when we get around things like the holidays, people are asking questions like this. So I've decided I'm going to start throwing in some episodes that are just me talking about particular topics. Um, There's so much in my head after this many years and in my heart that I want to get out to you all to hopefully help you as you are going through the divorce and moving into your beyond. So please feel free to write in to me, susan at divorceinabetterway.com or divorceandbeyondpod at gmail.com. Just reach out. Tell me what the topics are that you want to hear about. I'm happy to address them in future episodes. And stay tuned for our November episodes coming up. We have a couple of really fantastic episodes on November 1st and November 8th. Tina Swithin's going to be joining me, One Mom's Battle, on November 1st for an episode that is not to be missed. 
And on November 8th, Dr. Debbie Silber is going to be joining me. You remember Dr. Debbie. She is the expert in post-betrayal syndrome, and she has a couple of new books out. Little um, spoiler alert, she's going to give away not one, not two, but three copies of her top three bestsellers of her books to one lucky listener. So I'll see you in November, and I hope you all and your kids have a very happy Halloween. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.